Hey booze, welcome to Crime and Spirits, your one-stop shop for handcrafted cocktails, spooky stories, and all things true crime. I am your resident bartender, Suze, and I'll be teaching you all a new drink recipe at the beginning of each of our episodes. And I'm Bree, drinker of the drinks, and I write the stories we tell. So, what should you expect while listening to us? Well, good question. There's going to be some swearing. Oh, a lot of swearing. Probably some rambling. Definitely rambling. And most likely a lot of off-topic pop culture references. We specialize in Bob's Burgers and maybe Always Sunny. Definitely. But what do you want from us? We're going to be drinking. And hopefully you will be too. So come hang out with us each week. And if you want to spend more time with us, check out the description for the link to all of our socials. Let's buckle up buttercups and sip tight. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Crime and Spirits. I'm Bree. And I'm Sue. And you guys, we have a very special guest in the house. Bonus guest. Yeah. It's my boyfriend, Mark. Hey, Hello. Mark. <laughs> he is bored in the house, bored, and has been stuck here for weeks now because he's still recovering. So we dragged him on an episode of the podcast. He's going to like it a lot. I can already tell. <laughs> I can sense it in my bones. He's not stressed out about this at all. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm stressed out. I'm just joking. You're not stressed out. I'm just joking. So, how's everybody doing? Great. Yeah. yeah <laughs> ready for this podcast really to take off so I can quit my job. <laughs> if we're being honest. It's been one of those weeks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just something in the air here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Everybody's hot and annoyed and, you yeah, know, mm-hmm. It's the halfway point through summer. People yeah. are over it. I know We're I am. Done. I'm too hot. I'm ready for Halloween. Yes. Yeah. Fall time. At least fall, yes. Let's Ooh. go to Wine Fest. How about September? Yes. That would be preferable. I'm so ready to get drunk in the field. <laughs> Me too. So, are you guys excited to get in tonight? Hell yeah. I'm excited. We have some very passionate feelings about this case. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate this dude. Yes. yes. That's the general consensus here in the room right now. For sure, because guys, tonight we're going to be covering Family Annihilator, stupid fucking Chris Watts. We hate him. We do. Hate him. This douche canoe is responsible for the death of his pregnant wife, Shannon, and their two daughters, Bella and Cece. While this case really grinds my gears, like really grinds my gears, it is one that we all enjoy discussing, really. It's one of the first nationally covered cases where we basically have watched the whole thing go down pretty close to real time. Thanks to all the body cam footage and the internet. And his dumbass doing the press conferences on his front porch like an idiot. <laughs> He's fucking stupid. He's the worst. <laughs> Not a fan. We hate him. So there's a lot to unpack here. Like so a lot, a lot. <laughs> we're going to give you guys a heads up. We are going to preemptively break this into two parts because we are going to probably talk a lot of shit. And <laughs> there's a lot of details, too, and the timeline is weird. So there's just a whole lot to discuss, I feel. Yeah. So we're going to do two parts. So before we become filled with rage, Suze is making something cool for us. Yeah. What you got? So this is actually a drink I've never even tried before. Um... Because we're talking about Chris Watson, because of how I feel about it, um, I honestly didn't feel very inspired as far as drinks go. Um, Other than to vote, we all just take a big-ass shot of whiskey (laughs) and call it good. Oh, we should have done shots. There's always the second half. Yeah. Um, You don't want me. <laughs> no, no shots for Mark. For no. the for the sake of all of our livers, um, and because Mark does not drink like that. No, not at all. Um, I googled Colorado drinks basically, and this came up. Um, it's a weird drink, and it has a weird story. So I'm all here for diverting us away from stupid Mr. Chris Watts for just <laughs> a little bit of story time. <laughs> I've made this drink once. When the person asked me for it, I actually had to go Google it. Um, I've been bartending for almost 20 years. (sighs) It's a very long time. But it's all been, like, casual dining stuff, so I don't get that weird of requests usually. Yeah, like, anything, like... Anything that you'd be, like, unfamiliar with as a bartender. But I actually had to bust out the bartender's little black book. Because, you know, back in the day, (laughs) you couldn't just Google it. Um, So I looked it up and I was like, well, that's an interesting combination of beverages or liquors and mixers. Put it in the cup and I was like, whatever, enjoy. The lady was like, this is so good, blah, blah, blah. I love it. I love it. And I was like, that's weird, but all right, whatever blows your hair back. 
Um, so I googled where a Colorado Bulldog came from. It was most likely named after the original Colorado State University mascot, which happened to be a bulldog named Peanuts, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> I like that it's named Peanuts. Um, right. What, what made this drink weird, in my opinion, is the ingredients. It's vodka, Kahlua, or in our case here, a Kahlua-style liqueur. It's called Kapali. It's like the cheap version of Kahlua. It's like the cheap version of the cheap version. Yeah, basically. It's <laughs> like the third string. But it's, 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 it's still version. good. <laughs> it is. That's perfect. It's That yep, bad dog yep. version. <laughs> um, and then cream, as in for your coffee. So here we are with a white Russian. But then the, the kicker is you add Coca-Cola, as in like, you know, the soda. To milk <laughs> and vodka and Kahlua style liqueur, which is weird, right? In theory, this sounds like it's going to be like a vanilla Coke, like cream soda kind of dealy. Right. So, so. <laughs> because my mother inadvertently bought vanilla vodka instead of whipped vodka, we are using vanilla vodka. Hey, mom. Thank you. Thanks, mom. It's pinnacle vanilla. So and it was free, so I'm all for it. Um, this is the first drink we're just gonna build in the glass and stir up. So two ounces of the vanilla pinnacle, one ounce of the Kapali, Kamora, <laughs> Kahlua, whatever. Insert coffee. Whatever here. flavor you'd like. <laughs> one ounce of that. Um, one ounce of cream. It said you could use milk. You could probably also use flavored creamer, but I didn't want there to be too much going on, so I just went with the plain old coffee creamer in the, in the little box with the little spout on it i used to know somebody who legitimately would drink coffee creamer as if it was milk and i am disgusted by it i have a friend who puts it on a cereal i mean i did that when i was like six at perkins with my grandma but not as, like, <laughs> not as an adult <laughs> um but again let your heart be your guide guys if you want french vanilla in there if you want I saw one that was like a Willy Wonka chocolate. Whatever oh, yeah. blows your hair back, I really, it'll all taste good. It's going to be sweet. I had that creamer in my hand the other day, actually. And I then did not purchase. You did not? No. Darn, we could have tested, <laughs> tested it out. Um, and then once all that's in your glass with your ice, just add two ounces of Coke. Give it a little stir with your straw. And again, I would recommend going slowly. Coke is fizzy. Fizzy things sometimes react mm. just to be safe. Don't Science. just go sploosh because you might have a volcano on your hands. Okay. Um, so once you stir it, it sort of looks like chocolate milk, in my opinion. And that is it. So it looks like a nice coffee. This is the first one I've never tried before right now. So we're all going to try it together. <laughs> Cheers. So. Cheers, guys. Okay, that's weirdly not horrible. Okay, why is this really good, though? Mm -hmm. Oh, Mark does not care for I it. I like it, but that's not unusual for me. <laughs> well, I actually am pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Just, well, it's you don't, sweet for me. I was going to say. In the context of what it is. Yeah, yes. and you don't care for any alcohol, really, no. at all. It truly tastes to me like vanilla creamer, like French vanilla creamer. It does with like. A mapley hint. The, the Coke makes it taste like maple. That's what it is. I was like, what is that flavor? Weird. I like hey it. Hey guys, you know, Crime and Spirits is all about testing weird shit out. Hell so yeah, dude. I hope you guys try this drink. It's actually kind of good. And I feel like all those things are things you would have for the most part. For the most part. Not too hard to pick up if you don't, but. Well, vanilla, I feel like vanilla vodka is a staple in people who like vodka. I mean, or you could use regular vodka and just put some vanilla in. Like, that is correct. true. Or use the vanilla creamer to balance it out. There Again. Oh, bam. Let your heart be your guide Somebody when it comes to, to drinking. Drink. Choices. Um, but, all right, now that we've got a hefty drink here to sip on, we're going to get into the start of things when, you know, happier times for the Watts crew. <laughs> all right, guys, let's get into it. The story begins with a Facebook friend request made back in 2010. And let me just say, it was super weird writing this because I had to write the word, like, Facebook and social media so many times. Mm -hmm. But, like... That's the reality now moving forward. Like when things like this happen, like we're going to have to rely so heavily on social media. Absolutely. Like look at the Delphi case. That was oh, what? A sure. Snapchat? Yeah. Image or Snapchat. Something? Like mm -hmm. it was just it was just weird. It was just I don't know. I don't think of it as an investigative tool, but I guess now it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people put as we're about to everything. see, people put like everything on social media. So, to set the scene for you guys a little bit, 
at the time, Shanann was really going through it. She had gone through a terrible divorce from an emotionally abusive man. She was left with absolutely nothing but insecurities and self-doubt. She threw herself into her work, and she worked her fucking ass off with the goal of building her first home, which she accomplished at 25. Good for her. Which is impressive even then. It's impossible now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Could you You imagine? You can't even buy land. No. You can't even rent an apartment for less than, like, $2,000 a month at this point. Like, no thanks. Um, So after this, she had to deal with a new diagnosis of lupus, which was precedented with other health issues and then followed by a severe bout of depression. Shanann would describe it as one of the darkest times in her life and that things just got scarier. She was really struggling health-wise. She had to quit her job on top of losing her friends, who, in my opinion, are a bunch of fucking assholes. Because they did not understand how her disease worked. And instead of trying to teach themselves about it, learn about it, do anything, have any kind of compassion for this woman, they just got the fuck out of there. Yeah, my mom actually has been diagnosed with lupus, and it's a fucking bitch. Yeah. Because it affects everybody differently. You don't know what's going to happen. Some days you feel like you could take on the world. Right. Other days you just want to lay in your bed and feel like shit, because you just feel like shit. (laughs) And lupus is one of those, like, quote-unquote invisible diseases, Mm -hmm. aren't they? So, like, like depression almost, like, outwardly, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem as if something's wrong with you. I mean, it can, like, your hair can fall out. My mom will sometimes just get random rashes on her places in her body. But again, it affects everybody differently, so. From what I understood, that was the issue with her friends, is that they felt as if she didn't look like anything was wrong, and that she was Like she was just being dramatic about it. Yeah. What a bunch of they can fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so later on, at some point, Shanann basically said this was like one of the hardest times. She was in a really bad place. And all of a sudden she gets a, this friend request from a Chris on Facebook. This was actually the second time that Chris had popped up on her radar. Uh, about two months before she was diagnosed, a mutual friend of theirs had sent Shanann a prompt suggesting that Chris could be a good friend match possibly maybe um this first time around she just deleted it but this second time she was like you know what fuck it (laughs) threw caution the wind and hit accept all the while thinking that they likely wouldn't even ever wind up meeting um he's just a facebook friend i've got a million of them yeah quote unquote yeah because i think like later in one of the many 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 videos she put on facebook she like specifically was talking about Chris and this whole this whole thing. Yes. So obviously Shanann was wrong and the two did meet eventually and they started dating. According to Shanann, their relationship started out pretty rocky. She would go on to talk about how she gave him an out every single day, how she would often reject and torture him. She would take have him go with her to like her colonoscopy appointments and all that kind of stuff. But I don't even think that's torture. That's just if you care about your partner, you would do it. But I can see... Maybe if you just met somebody, I wouldn't be like, let's go get your colon checked right. out. I think if I had to take a guess, I would assume that her mindset was like, well, this is the darkest moment of my life. This is what I'm going through. And my partner is going to have to deal with this. One way or another. And if you're starting some... I mean, Mark can vouch, like, when we got together (laughs) forever and a year ago, (laughs) I was basically like, here's all my baggage. Take it or leave it. It's kind of right there, for the most part. It is pretty obvious. (laughs) It's better to be up front, though. I don't know. The way she's going about it is questionable, but... Yeah. So... Exactly that. Like, their relationship from the outside looking in was questionable, it seemed, in the beginning. Um, They chalked up all the bad behavior to what Shanann was going through, and they got through it. They fell head over heels for each other and would eventually get married on November 3rd in 2012. At the time of their wedding, they were living in North Carolina, but wanted a change of scenery. They end up in Frederick, Colorado the next year, and they purchase a beautiful five-bedroom home which is for sale if you're in the market for for a million dollar home yeah they're being very like have you seen that at all babe like the listing for it they're being so tight-lipped with like information about the house and pictures and things like and they won't let you see it unless you basically like have a down payment to offer up or something there's some weird clause where if you don't have the money or a loan to back it up they're like no Mm -hmm imagine they don't really want people who are like yeah, yeah i'm totally interested looky lose like, like, <laughs> right? like you guys <laughs> no 
I'd, I have no interest in going to the place somebody was murdered if there's nothing like more to learn from it. some other podcasters instead of you guys. Maybe that. It's true. There are, and there are just lunatics who get off on stuff like that. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. don't, I don't care for that too much. So anyways, they're in this beautiful... To me, it looked like a mansion. It but literally... But it's it, like a three-car garage with five bedrooms, like all this crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because of all the medical issues that Shanann had and was having she just sort of thought perhaps she couldn't have children but the family was pleasantly surprised by the news that she was expecting their first daughter was born december 17th 2013 bella marie became a big sister two years later when the watts family added another baby girl to mix Celeste Catherine, but they called her Cece. So cute. Adorable. Really cute name. Um, she was born July 15th, 2015. Um, Shanann and Chris were over the moon and loved their little family just a tiny little bit. <laughs> so those, those girls were really cute. They were adorable. She was always posting pictures and videos of the girls and of Chris on social media. She had a very active presence on Facebook. She was very involved in, like, mommy groups and lupus support groups and God only knows what else. Her job also required a strong social media presence. Shannon worked from home, quote-unquote, selling a product called Thrive through a company called Lavelle. It really sounds like a pyramid scheme of some sort that's because it is <laughs> it's that checks out it's what's called a mlm or a multi-level marketing company which is basically like lularoe ah. and we're definitely going to cover the whole lularoe mm-hmm. story because have you watched the documentary not yet it's fucking good it's really good people were very passionate about their leggings there for a hot minute so this i've is, never heard of this company i'm assuming it's some kind of it's vitamins supplements. and supplements and part of the reason why shannon got involved from what I understood is that she started taking it when she got diagnosed with lupus Ah. and it made her feel better she wasn't trying to like push it as a cure or anything like that but I think that she dramatized things like any good MLM woman would but that's what she did for her day job so a day did not go by where Shannon didn't post a status or video going on and on about how much she loved Chris and her girls. She would often talk about how great they were doing for themselves and would just generally gush about how happy they were. It was it was a lot. I've seen a lot of the videos and mm-hmm. it's just like, woohoo, I would probably have to snooze her presence after a week or two. It's cute and I love that, but it's like Every day, though. I'm not somebody who likes to put my whole entire life on social media. It's kind of just there. Now it's there as, like, a business tool more than anything. But, like, I don't understand wanting to put your every waking minute. Like, why do you put that you just had a baked potato for dinner? Like, I don't give a fuck about your dinner. I'd be more concerned with the children. What if there's creepos out there? Like, look at the Mm -hmm. tiny babies. Because there are creepos out there, as we have seen. Right. I understand people who put their kids online. Yeah. Someone who doesn't want any kids. Right. Why would you do that, like, excessively? Yeah. Here and there, be like, oh, this is my kid. Yeah. One thing, them being like, here they are every single day of their life. Pictures for, like, family members that might live far away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that I get. The stage stuff is fine. But this was, from my understanding, was a lot of videos. It was so much. Um, Because she did. She shared their everyday lives with her friends and her many, many followers. So, of course, she shared her third pregnancy announcement with them as well. Um, there's a video that's obviously Chris probably just getting home from work, I feel, or something. It looked like that. Because he, had, like, he stuff sort of, in his like, hand that walks into the room, and he sees Shanann wearing a shirt that says, oops, we did it again. You also know, cute. Oops, we did it <laughs> Yeah. Um, he seems, for all intents and purposes, genuinely excited and tells his wife that it was awesome news and that, quote, I guess when you want to, it happens, end quote. So they obviously were trying for baby number three. If they weren't trying, they were at least Hoping getting down and dirty. They weren't not without, trying. Yeah, exactly. No, they were not trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flips hair. <laughs> um, so from all outward appearances, everything was going swimmingly. Was it better the second time around? I mean, it's a little better the second time. <laughs> I take a sip from like the middle of the drink. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you gotta shake, shake, shake. I did. I, did. I, I no, stirred it. it. Like oh. it sat yeah. for a hot minute I by the time that, and I got like a whole like liquor to the face, mouth of Kahlua, no, mm-hmm. or not, not or cream. Anything. Any of, anyways. 
I'm glad you're enjoying it. (laughs) So everything was great. And um, the weekend of August the 10th, Shannon had some business dealings. This was taking place in 2018. So they've been married for, together for eight years, married for I think six at this point. Um, She had to go away to Arizona for a few days. Christopher was at home with the girls. So before this, the family had just returned from North Carolina. Shannon and the girls spent the previous six weeks visiting both families. Chris did not... Six weeks. Six week vacation, though. Like, must be fucking nice. I mean, it kind of is. It is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rub I mean, it in. Rub right. it in, Mark. I'm, I am very bored, though. <laughs> a few more days, babe. <laughs> a few more days, <laughs> few more days and then you're going to be unleashed upon the world. Somewhat. Just well, minimally really <laughs> unleashed. Sort of, kind of. You can leave the house. <laughs> is mm. pretty much where we're going to be at. I can go for a walk. Woo! So, they were there for six weeks. Chris did not join them until the last week of the vacation. He had to miss... He couldn't miss work. Allegedly. Allegedly. Shannon arrived home from her business trip at 1.48 a.m. on August 13th, completely ready to crash, because she had to be up for a um, an OB appointment the next morning. I think it was, like, at 9 or 9.30. It was early, and it was, it was something she wouldn't be missing, given her health issues right. and the early state of the pregnancy. She's 15 weeks, I think, at this point, right, we said? Yes, we decided. <laughs> Um, She's also diabetic. Yes. I don't know if we mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned that. The lupus, the diabetes, the pregnancy, like, it's just, there's a lot happening there. There was a lot, because she had, there was a lot of other things I feel like she was experiencing also. So next thing we know, Shanann's bestie, Nicole, with a K, um, (laughs) is losing her shit. She has been trying to get in touch with Shanann all morning, but all of her texts and calls are going unanswered, which is not normal. Chris's texts are also unanswered as well, but he assumed that Shanann was busy with their daughters, like taking them to the park or over to the neighbors or dirt, 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 dirt. Nicole's just like, nope, mm-mm, I call bullshit. So <laughs> by 1210, you know, she had the appointment at 9 a.m. She's like, yo, bro, like she doesn't miss that. She also missed a business meeting. Um, Which is super not unlike like her. her from and and we've watched the footage. If you want to watch the documentary, we're obviously going to link it. But mm-hmm. you can see the distress on Nicole's face from the body cam. Yeah, distress is like the perfect way. Right. To it. Um. So Nicole's like, you know what? I'm going over to that bitch's house. She better be okay. Her phone better be a run over by a truck or something. Mm-hmm. Like she's pounding on the door, all the stuff. And again, Shanann's not in the good greatest of health. She's pregnant. We don't really know what's going on. Right. She's sleep deprived. She was just out of town. She got in at what two o'clock in the morning, like after five, six weeks of traveling, being mm-hmm. with her kids. You know, being a single parent and single essence, parent while out of town, a baby. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's just a lot. And then the business trip, traveling itself. If we've learned nothing in the last two years, is that traveling can really do a number on a person's immune system. Yes. <laughs> So, when Nicole arrives on scene, she finds that Shanann's car is in the garage, and that the pair of shoes that she wears, like, every single day is sitting next to the front door right inside the house. She knocks frantically, she rings the doorbell, she's yelling out for Shanann, for the girls, but Nicole hears absolutely nothing. And I'm pretty sure she was on her phone just constantly Mm -hmm. hitting redial, calling Shanann every single moment. Oh, for sure. So there's no movement in the house other than the family dog, and so she calls the police and requests a welfare check be done. So this is where the police arrive. Mm -hmm. This is where the body cam footage starts, because obviously, like, unless there's somebody that they can physically see, like, bleeding inside, they can't just kick the door down. No, they can't. They They have to have, like, an okay from the homeowner, which she was not there at that time. Um... Nicole, because she calls the police, she was the one to drop off Shanann. The officer comes to the house, and they basically are just, like, running down what's going like on what's happening, pretty yeah, much like at the end of the driveway. Um, Nicole does mention that Shanann was distraught over the weekend. However, like I mentioned, the officer has to wait until Chris, the stupid-ass homeowner, gets to the house before he can go <laughs> in. And that's only if... Chris says, yeah, sure, go on ahead. Right, yeah. Type status. He could very well have been like, no, thank you. Yeah, he could show up and say no, and the police officer can't do anything about it. Especially if if Chris were were inclined to, he could say no and then come to the house and be like, she's fine. Right. I just saw her or whatever Like, kind she's of upstairs thing. sleeping, get the fuck away right. from the house. And they would have had to have left. 
Um, however, this officer is more tenacious. So he walks around the perimeter of the house, mm -hmm. from what we see. He knocks on windows. He's looking in the windows. Because from what I could see from the body cam footage, you could see in the home. And it's there was not like, like a, there were huge drapes blocking yeah. all the windows or the doors or anything. Well, it's weird because they're living in this gorgeous house. But you notice when you look in the body cam footage that it doesn't look very well lived in. It looks very sterile. Very well decorated. Very pretty. Well, but very but sterile. But sparse. Yes. If you look, there's not a lot. For for what I would imagine that home to be, for what I would imagine Shannon as a homeowner to be, it just seemed odd to me that it was, like, very bare. There's reasons for that. <laughs> um, we do see the officer sort of in the backyard leaning over to be like, hey, neighbor friends, have you seen Shannon or right. Chris or anybody, so on and so forth. Um, Nicole's calling parents. Her mother said that Chris told her that Shannon was at a girlfriend's house, but he didn't say who. Right. So and nobody we, else knew who it could right. be. And we hear her mother say that because she's on the phone with Nicole and Nicole has her own speaker I think phone. she's got the speaker phone basically right up against the body cam pretty, pretty much. much. <laughs> um, immediately, well not immediately, it was like maybe 10 minutes into it yeah, from because, what we saw. Well the police officer had this whole time to go and do these to things. To circuit the, the home and talk to the neighbors and the hall. All the things happened before Chris even arrived on scene. Chris casually pulls up in his truck, in my opinion. Well, he went and shook the cop's hand like he was going to receive an award. Mm hmm like, Hey, how you doing? Um, doing yeah, no. he didn't. And he got out of the car like nothing was wrong. I don't know. If even one of you is missing, I'd be like, <laughs> like squealing tires right. up to the, you know, thingy. Barely out of my way! Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pushing cops running to the house. Like, like, you're not doing enough! Right? <laughs> Get behind me! Let's go in! Like, pretty much. Have them, like, behind you immediately why they have over the guns i'd let them go yeah. first i think he did <laughs> but come on cops go with me let's find out what's going well, on yeah because right like you just said if you're worried he you know. took him over a minute well because he immediately goes into the garage looks inside shenan's car which is still at home with both car seats and i'm not a parent but i'm pretty sure children have to be in car seats when they're in a vehicle yeah right? It's ones that are under five, absolutely. Not even. My, one of our friends, Sarah, she will say you should be oh, in a yeah. booster seat until you're tall enough to not be in a booster seat anymore. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Vehicles are dangerous. Um, and it takes him over a minute to let everyone in through the front door, finally. I don't know why he had to go to the car first, but he's a fucking weirdo. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if you got to set the scene for you guys, he walks into the garage. We see him go in the door. He makes it a point to shut the door behind him. So, like... It's very obvious that nobody is to go in the house. Nobody else is welcome to follow him in. And then he, like, comes around and comes through the front door and just lets everyone in, like, no big deal. And again, from the body cam footage, he's acting cagey as fuck. Mm -hmm. Just sort of wandering about with obviously no sense of urgency. He does mention that the girl's blankies are gone. He calls them blankies, which breaks my heart because the, he says they can't sleep without their blankies. The way that he said it, though, was so, like, uh, nonchalant. The girl's blanket. No, girl's blankies are gone. Like, mm -hmm. it, I didn't like it. You yeah. notice, too, how he wasn't running frantically around the house screaming their names like where the fuck is my wife where the fuck's my kids like there was none of that which is odd in this situation absolutely and as you guys know Susan and I are not of the mindset that you can definitively say how somebody's feeling based on their actions in it's these true. moments but this is to it to an extreme in which it's just very off-putting. Well, and not only do we notice it, Nicole notices it, the oh. officers notice it, there are about 50 other people that will she eventually in the story notice it. Nicole was not fucking. <laughs> um, so, Chris winds up finding Shanann's phone, and Nicole fucking loses it. She's mm -hmm. like almost hysterical, sort of tearing her hair yeah. out kind of thing. Still trying, not calling Shanann, but calling everybody else she can think of I'm to try and locate sure her. at this point she was on the phone with her, Shanann's mom. Oh, I think she so? stayed on the phone because I'm pretty sure I, I remember hearing her mom go, keep me on the phone when you go in the house. Uh, however, you guys, Mr. Chris Watts seems sort of unfazed by everything going on around him. Like, he just sort of sets the phone down, and he's like, her phone's still here. <laughs> it's so true. Like, it, just, like, very, like, not even like, mel melancholy, just, like, monotony. Well, and I don't know if you guys noticed That's, it. I just made that word up. <laughs> You're welcome. Add it to the dictionary, Webster. I don't know if you noticed, but when he was, like, 
touching the phone. He was literally like, as if it was contaminated. Like he was doing just it with put the one, one finger on it. Sort barely of barely wanted to do it, and then he had Nicole put her password in. Weird. He hmm. didn't even touch the phone. Um. So once the phone is open. We see that Chris sent a message to Shanann at 7.40 a.m., quote, if you take the kids somewhere, please let me know where they are at, exclamation point, end quote. Which is random. Right. It's 8 o'clock, not even 8 o'clock in the morning. Where would they be? Do you know what I mean? Um, At noon, he sends, quote, can you call me, please, end quote, likely because Nicole had started ringing the alarm at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. At 1.19 p.m., he sent a text, quote, I'm on my way home. Please be there, end quote. And then, where are you, end quote. Um, Shanann's purse, her keys, and her medication that she needs for her everyday life are all found on the counter. Chris gives the police a rundown of events from, we'll, we'll just say his perspective, quote, unquote. Um, he comes walking out of their bedroom holding Shanann's wedding ring, says it was on the dresser with no note. Yeah, that really gets me the most. He literally has it on the tip of his finger. Like, like he's, like, spinning it. like being contaminated. Literally that, you know what I mean? Like, he's just, like, and he's walking out with his, like, arm extended. He's like, it's her ring. She I left feel like her that ring. Was his and no note. playing forlorn, but he's mm-hmm. just, like, coming off, like... As crazy? Like, when I say I thought I was smiling, right. but, like, my face is blank. Like, he yes. thought he was being sad, but he just comes off as... It just wasn't. He was not. That would make sense, because, I mean, we know what where his mind set is later, he and how he tries to explain everything off. Right. He thinks he's probably really good at it. He probably does think that. He is incorrect, though. Well, and then <laughs> in his show of, like, how can I help, he's like, officer, should I just maybe, like, drive around and look for her? The best part like about that... Like, she's out about walking with two or toddlers? Or? Lost yes, exactly. <laughs> like, what? The best part about that, in my opinion, is how um, he... The officer then goes, like, well, where does she normally go? And he's like, well, there's only, like, maybe two places she would go. And the officer's like, do you think it's worth checking there? And then he goes, like, well, I guess not. Or something along those lines. Like, He's just very unsure about everything. He like, wants out of there. There's no yes. plan. He that's, doesn't want to be there. You're right. And that's the thing, too, is, like, I don't think there was a single plan for how he was going to handle this moment. No. I mean, at this point, as far as we know, he was at work. He mm-hmm. thought he had more time before he, the police were going to show up. Right. You know, he was at work, he was living his life like normal, as far as he knows, as far as the police are concerned. He was at work, and he has no idea what happened. Allegedly. That's where we're at. Allegedly. So my favorite part of, like, the body cam footage, and I think, Suze, this might be yours also. It's true. It's from the documentary, and it really, I was like, ooh. It's so great. Oh, no. It's great in the sense that, like, it really gives us a good insight into Chris's normal behavior versus what's happening now. Right. So the police go over to one of Chris's neighbor's house, and he... He volunteered the information. He has a security camera that faces the street. So the police are like, let's go check this out. Chris is texting furiously on his phone. And he's doing this the entire time. And he's literally right next to the officer's body cam yeah, and doing he's just this. He's not even there. paying attention to the search for his wife nope. or like any of this she's missing stuff. He doesn't want to engage with them. No, at all. Because he, he knows he's going to slip up. Well, that... Right. Literally. <laughs> literally that. So... They play the footage. You can see Chris backing up his driveway at 5.17 a.m. And then Chris explains this. He says, quote, I usually park out there on the side so I can get everything back in. Be easier instead of lugging everything out there. Tools I had to bring in. (laughs) End quote. And the police officer is like, all right, that's weird. Neighbor says that if there was any action out there, he would have definitely caught it on tape. And the police, according to, like, the angle of the camera, was like, yeah, you know what, you're probably right. Well, even from the small clip we saw of it in the documentary, it's a very good, clear shot of what's happening in Chris's driveway. Yeah, Chris is backing it all the way up. Yes, absolutely. And his truck ends up parked where, like, the back of his truck, like, what what are those called? The tailgate? Yes. Where the tailgate is just... 
Inside the garage. So it that would be just out of line of sight of the camera. Weird. Right. Mm. Super weird. So Chris walks out of the neighbor's house because basically everybody's like separating at this point. And the cop's like, I'm going to get his information and hangs back. And the neighbor dude was like, Chris is not acting right. Like immediately. It, and it was not, the officer didn't even have time to get a question out yeah. before this man was like, this is not normal. Yeah. He was like, Chris <laughs> is not acting right at all. He says that he's never fidgety. He never moves around the way that he was. And, like, if you watch the, the footage, you notice that he's doing a lot of, like, back and forth, like, shifting his weight from side to side. He's twitchy. We'll just say twitchy. Yeah. He looks twitchy. KG really, I feel yes. like, is, like, the perfect Ooh. explanation for the way that this man is behaving. Um, the neighbor says that he never loads his stuff in and out of the house like he did that morning. Weird. That it's literally, like, the only time that he's ever seen him do that. And that he is normally a very quiet and more subdued man. That he never talks so much, or he that he never like talks at all. So the fact that he's just running his mouth, like volunteering explanations left, right, and sideways, makes the neighbor suspicious. One to be fair, this neighbor looks like someone I would not fuck around with. <laughs> Correct. This man is big and like he wants not not that he seems violent, but he's no. a very imposing figure, and it's like if you can't even pretend to be calm in front of a neighbor you've lived next to for like five years right who absolutely could pick you up off the ground and throw you like the issue is is that his whole demeanor changes once this friend shows up at the video because he was chill quote-unquote chill yeah like not freaking out not fidgeting just kind of not engaging and then this dude shows up at the footage and all of a sudden he's can't stand still hands above his head kg is yeah. freaking uh, out now he's freaking out because he's like uh-oh I wasn't yeah. ready for this. Yep. That's oh, I didn't point. know that was going to be a thing. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah, he there's, wasn't ready for all that. There's even a part in that particular part of the footage where Chris is just staring at the officer. Just, like, blank look, like, well, what is it that you want from There's me? so much of that. There is, there's a lot of blank Dear God. Beady-eyed motherfucker. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. Guys, ugh. Um, so this takes us to the next day when the investigation really, like, gets underway. Um, the police are joined by the FBI and the CBI, which is basically Colorado's the state FBI. Um, Chris tells authorities that he has absolutely no idea where his family could have gone and that he hasn't seen Shanann since he left for work the previous morning. He does, however, for whatever godforsaken reason, <laughs> agree to give a press interview um, while the reporter is setting up, I feel like the microphones are live at this point and it's recording. You see it off the body cam footage because mm -hmm. the one police officer actually had to ask the reporter, um, not the one interviewing him, but the woman. She told the she was told to leave. She's like, you can't be in here. You're going to mess up the scent. You can leave your camera, but like you have to come out right. while the scent dogs are in there. And then you see footage from the dog handler and another cop that like walks around talking about things so those poor little scent dogs were just all confused because apparently um the house is just amazingly clean uh and it's almost quote-unquote too immaculate to be normal yeah. especially if you have two children small children that was the like that was the police saying. officer's comment um the dog handler is the one that said that it was like amazingly clean and she's like it's almost off-putting right let's be real <clears throat> shannon just got back from being out of town. Yeah. Chris was alone with the kids. Yeah. So yeah. That clean, to be that like, be fucked up. That's a really good point. I never even thought that of that. Fucked Mark. up. That dude all home all alone with some kids. Yeah. Can't take care of himself what it seems. <laughs> right, honestly though. <laughs> and a dog. That dog looked like he wanted to fuck some shit up. He really did have very high energy. He was ready to fight. So the next thing that we have access to us, like given to us as the public in this whole situation is the TV interview. And that was publicized pretty much immediate. Immediately, so if it wasn't live, I, I can't quite remember. Mm. Um, the very first question that we see asked, at least, was, do you think she just took off? And Chris says that he hopes she's somewhere safe with the kids and that he doesn't want to just put something out there. He goes on to say, quote, if somebody has her and they're not safe, like, I want them back now. And you could tell that he was trying really hard to, like, put this, like, assertion in, like, you bring my family back, kind of, like, what is that movie, Taken? Like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know oh, my I mean? God, yeah. Liam Neeson. I, yeah. I'm more scared of Liam Neeson. I mean, I think we should be. But I feel like that's kind of what, what he was attempting to channel in this moment. I could see that. 
except with his arms clutched across of his body, like he was holding on to his ribcage for dear life. Hug to comfort himself. Well, so one of the things that Susan and I watched in preparation for this case was a YouTube uh, episode from the channel Observe, which I really, really like him. He is like a behavioral analysis expert and nonverbal communication expert, and he'll react to videos and do things like that and kind of just explain from his point of view what's happening. And so we watched that, and we, he did this section of the footage, and he did... Uh, this is my new favorite word, yes. or phrase. <laughs> uh, it's called Duper's Delight. <laughs> <laughs> And I love it. If you guys, Sounds I evil. highly recommend. If you're into this kind of shit, you need to watch this. Oh, dude. for sure. I will absolutely make sure it is available for you guys. There is a fucking little smirk on that dumb fucking face of his when he's talking about Shannon being missing and his girls potentially not being like safe. And you can see it. It's just the ever so slight like curl. But once you get it pointed out to you, it's so fucking obvious. Because this guy in the video was literally like, oh, I got to pause it. I got to pause it right here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, what happened? But once he pointed it out, I'm like, that's all I can see now mm -hmm. is that he's trying to dupe everybody. Yeah. And like, you can feel bad for me, but I don't, I don't though. No, cause he's fucking smiling. Cause you're evil. And another thing that, um, the observed guy mentioned was his arms being crossed. How that, what is it? He said it was like a protective stance. It was like a, either defensive or protective stance. Like he was trying to like basically keep everybody out and hold everything and keep in. Everything in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I find it very interesting. Those are the kinds of things. That's part of what drives me to true crime in the first place is like dissecting that kind of stuff. So also, this guy, we're sorry, observe guy. We forget your name. Yeah, I have it written down. Yep, but we love you. You guys <laughs> know how forgetful I am. So <laughs> gotta love undiagnosed ADHD. Woo. Um, another thing that the reporter asks is if they got into an argument before they before Chris had left for work, and his response is. Quote, it wasn't like an argument. We had an emotional conversation, but I'll leave it at that. But it's dot, dot, dot. I just want them back. End quote. I, isn't an emotional conversation sort of an argument? <laughs> I, think in an ar I think an argument is considered an emotional conversation. The amount of times I had to listen to this man say emotional conversation throughout watching the footage 7,500 times... Is ridiculous. I don't think it goes both ways. I think an argument can be an emotional conversation, but I think an emotional conversation does not have to be an argument. I That's could fair. See that. I That's could fair. See that being a thing, like a sad, emotionally charged. Yeah, like, like you're not. What arguing. are we going to do about this problem that we have? Mm. Like, how will we deal with this? How do we fix this? It could be arguing, it could be working together to find a solution, but it's still emotional. But it's emotional. It's about your relationship, at least. That's a really good family. point. That's fair. I, I mean, just, he, they do say that they were going through a separation. He could be implying well, he, that they were discussing he wanted the to. separation. He was, right, but he, doesn't, at some point, doesn't he say that? I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, oh. you're okay. At some point, he says that that was we the emotional conversation yeah. they were having. Okay, so, that yeah, he brought it up myself. to him. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> we do that often also. Um, but yeah, we'll get into details about it later, but we you are get correct. To, Ahead of ourselves. I'm excited to tell the story. We just story. want to talk about ah! the things. I just want to get to the part where we can say, oh, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> Rage. So at this point, uh, the police have enough reason to believe that Chris is involved. That they bring him in for an interview, quote unquote. To me, it seems sort of... At first, the detective is trying to make Chris feel very comfortable, like, hey, man, do-do-do, mm -hmm. let's be buddies. Like, he must like, be the we're good just, cop. We're, we're just, just here to figure out what happened. Right. Like, I just want to know what happened. I want to find your girls. Like, I'll, you know, blah, However, blah, bullshit. Chris does not know that even though it's very early, they definitely are looking at him as a suspect or at the very least as being involved in some way. You uh, you always look at the husband because 90% of the time That's the husband did it. Did it. Husband. Husbands. <laughs> um, so police basically start out asking about that emotional conversation that they had. Um, Chris does go into detail, as we said. He basically says the spark doesn't exist anymore, which <sighs> make me throw up. <laughs> Um, and he said, we need to separate. Yes. Yes. He did mention that they discussed what the next move for their marriage should be, which seemed to be, according according to him, again, in his interview, separating and then selling the house. He uh, 
initially says that Shanann stated she wanted to work things out, but that she ultimately respected what Chris was feeling at the time. Um, when asked to connect the dots between that conversation and the girls going missing, Chris goes on to say that he wonders if he caused this to happen in a way that Shanann was thinking, quote, he doesn't love me, I should just go, end quote. And that's his yeah. words on her thoughts, so yep. it's already well, convoluted. Well, now we see... Now we're seeing that's what he's going to go with. That's his whole... That's the only plan he has is that Shanann left me because I told her I wanted a divorce, so she just took the girls and left. Allegedly. Allegedly. The dude is definitely hoping to get a couple of days. Right. To mm-hmm. be like, oh, she left a few days ago. I, I think he'd... cool off from this conversation. She'd come home. I think that's he didn't I think Nicole missing. would flip out. My fucking best friend ruined it. Good for her. Look at you, Jen. That would be me. <laughs> I was like, girl, you know I'll be calling emergency. Right. I could never get away with murdering you. Not that I want to. I you like, could never. Well, I couldn't. There's, I couldn't. There's, Between Suze and Jen. I mean, Jen, we had a whole like, conversation about this regarding this case. And <laughs> right. Like nobody could ever get away. Well, I personally could never get away with murdering Brie because you or Jen would find out immediately, and Jen's got a key. She'd break in so fast. She wouldn't even break in. It'd be legal She'd for her to be right in the house. She'd be like, like gotcha. <laughs> She lives for that. I can already game. see it. She, she actually <laughs> might take joy in that. Just right? a smidge. She's like, Bree's dead, but <laughs> I got you. It's true. We love you, Jen. <laughs> hey, girl, hey. And also, if Bree dies, I didn't do it. I didn't. Whoa, it wasn't me. Said. Right, let's, let's move along here, sirs. <laughs> um, so this brings us to something called introspection provocation, which is a mouthful. Mm-hmm. But again, it came from the YouTube um video we were watching this was actually there's two that we watched so we watched it was, the observe and then jcs criminal psychology so it was the one that observe was watching i know that's weird we're gonna link them all mm-hmm. i highly recommend definitely observe if not the jcs the one really also. focused on the um like techniques the police used to coax this conversation because that was more of a criminal something yeah criminal like criminal something. psychology I okay think it is Um, So this is, if you're truthful, you're going to be short and direct when posed these questions. If you're not being truthful, you're going to give long, detailed, not even answers, just more explanations than answers. So Chris was giving very detailed answers to all of the detective questions. For example, what do you think happened? And he just rambled on for like 27 minutes Mm. about, because they had a little ticker at the bottom with the time. And And we were like, oh my God, he's been talking for like 20 minutes about what? I don't know. Well, and that's just it. He didn't say anything definitive in any way, shape, or form. Right. He didn't actually say the words, I think someone took her. It was just sort of like this weird macabre dance around it. Like, whoa, blah, 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 blah. Playdates, the girls, the do 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 do. Well, and I think that he wanted the police officer to say, "Well, do you think someone took them?" So he could just say yes and minimize the lie. But I don't know. Again, who knows? It could be anything. So then he We're didn't just come up with it. Like, oh, you're right. Maybe that. Maybe the. Maybe they could have had. We watch exactly. enough documentaries to know that, that that's not a thing. The right. police are not that dumb. Come on, y'all. But every <laughs> single criminal thinks they're smarter than the police. It's true. So, I mean, we do have I feel like that. the only appropriate answer to the question he was posed was, I don't fucking know where they are. Like, you find out where they are. Exactly. Some emotion, maybe. And sir. that's kind of the point that this particular um, YouTuber, and I think even the detectives, like, we'll see later on, is that, like, they, too, were like, where is any outrage? Where is any anything? Like, like I understand not, that not everybody agrees the same way, but like. But he wasn't sad. He wasn't upset. He wasn't. I mean, you're some being, emotion, right? Like something. At the very least, anger that you're being accused of something that you didn't do. Right. I get furious. Like, if you're a huge narcissist. You at least get mad that somebody's. I can feel the myself blushing right now because I'm like, wow. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, you motherfucker, no. Yeah. No. I don't think I'd care in the moment <laughs> that it was bullying. <laughs> No. Finger in the face. I no. Would. I would. <laughs> this Maybe. Is, this is why not. we need the recording. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Do our own video. <laughs> right. <footage. laughs> um, so the detective then goes on to bring up the fact that on the morning of the disappearance, Nicole was so distraught with worry and she called Chris and was like, hey, like, where the fuck's your wife? And he heads home but does not call 911. That Nicole Son is ultimately... The one that makes that call. She's the one that calls and requests the welfare check. Check. He did not at all. Yeah. And Chris is confronted with the fact that she seemed more worried than he did. And that... Oh, I did write it down. See? 
an innocent person being challenged this way would likely respond with a defense or a rebuttal, being angry, and they would likely they would likely pause after being asked that question. And the person explained it in a way, basically saying that when you're confronted with an untruth like that, that (coughs) your brain needs to take a second to like receive and what process you're being accused of that right, because he's already gone through these conversations in his head yep he's and already talked about what he was going to say when these questions came up exactly and that's the, the thing that they were saying is that a more guilty person is much more likely to respond quickly because they're already in defensive mode and it's like every response i ever give anybody for anything is like that because <laughs> i'm always in defensive mode i'm sorry for anyone who knows me <laughs> it's true <laughs> And instead of arguing that they will likely accept what was said and then try to explain it away. So instead of trying to be like, no, I didn't fucking do it. You need to figure out who did. They'd be like, well, no, I didn't call 911. But the reason why Because is, I was at work and I was driving and I just assumed she was fine and with a neighbor. and Well, and Nicole was going to take care of it. Like, I'm sorry. No. That's not how that works. Incorrect. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> So an hour and 12 minutes into the interview, again, we're watching the little ticker thing at the bottom. The detective sort of leans back in his chair and asks if they can talk about something difficult. I love the body language, like, throughout everything. The detective does, now that it's been pointed out to me, like, the detective almost does, like, a choreographed dance. Yeah. And Chris doesn't even know that he is his that, partner. That he's being, <laughs> that he's being duped. Yeah. yeah. Um... That as an investigator, he has to keep an open mind. He says how he just sat and listened to how Chris talked about his wife. Goes on to say, quote, the day she went missing is the day you have marital discord. So you can understand what I'm thinking about you, dot, dot, dot. I love it. End quote. (laughs) It's called something Latin, plurium interrogationum dash implication in the form of a question. Yeah. We'll go with that. Again, you can Google it if you want. But Basically, yeah. Like, they're implying their like, suspicion of you in the form of a question. Right. Like, but so you can you, understand why I would think yeah. what I think, right? You can see where I, as a reasonable person, came to this conclusion, like, kind of thing. He basically just asked Chris, what do you think about that? I love it. Right? <laughs> I love it. Um, Chris... <laughs> Uh, he goes on to say that he knows that he was going to be looked at, that this doesn't look good for him at all, but he would never be capable of any of it. And there is, from the footage we watched, like, so much weird, <laughs> constant eye contact. Yeah. with Because the detective's not breaking eye contact. Because no. he's trying to get Chris to be squirrely. And Chris mm-hmm. sure does get squirrely as fuck he does like he's got his arms in that defensive position like wrapped around his chest and he's just staring at the detective saying well i could never be capable of any of that well i would never do that it's just like go ask this person they know blah 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 blah. like um on and on and on it's just not right it doesn't you watch the footage and once it's pointed out to you like the defensive mechanisms and stuff like that you're like now you're just being weird didn't the one guy of the observed guy say something about mirroring mm-hmm. i'm gonna look this up after the first so part it's of called mirroring we know what his name is Usually somebody will mirror your energy or your stance or whatever like your body and chris is literally like nope like, he's either got his hands wrapped tightly around himself, or he's, like, waving with yeah, his hands. like, emphatically gesturing. Trying to emphasize, I would never do that. Yeah. That would never be me. I'm waving my hands about like a crazy person. His name is Logan. Logan, the absurd guy. Mark is my personal Google at it's this true. point, if I need to know something. Logan Portineer. I learned it from real Google, just so <laughs> you know. Well... <clears throat> Brie and I get so hyper focused on some stuff that we forget about other things, it's like people's true. names. We're sorry, Logan. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Low key giving out secrets. Um, oh, now I just want to be like Logan, Logan, Logan. Oh, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so Chris emphatically denies any culpability, and he's asked by the detective, "Why should I believe you?" Mm-hmm. Uh, a truthful person in this instance would normally respond with a question, protest the nature of the accusation, like, no, I, I would never type a thing, or give a short and forceful response. However, they did time it with a separate ticker. Mm-hmm. Chris's response lasted almost a full minute. 
He says, I've never been that person. He's super passive. Just ask anybody who knows me. They'll tell you. It was so weird because he said things like, I usually just, like, if somebody's yelling at me, like, I just take it. I just, it, like, let, it, just go. let it go. I just accept it. It is what it is. Like, he's just out here, like, vibing and... And this whole time, the detective has a photo of the family out in an open file folder, which obviously, you know, I watch enough crime stuff to know, right. like, he's trying to provoke a response from Chris. You know, um, criminal minds, I've heard. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to mention it, but since Mark did, like, I know. Um, so the detective leaves the room, he comes back in, and he sees Chris just staring at the picture of his family. He says, gotta save him. Which, what? <laughs> I don't think I ever caught that. Oh, yeah, right. he literally is just like head hanging down. Gotta like, save him, he says, with his head in his hands. The stupidest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And then, just because, you know. How did this dude like, research? Did how did this dude research how to like <laughs> get away with a crime? Did he just watch movies? He, like, he didn't do anything. Google assistant. Yeah, seriously. Find him. Gotta save him. <laughs> like, oh what are they, God. Pokemon? Like, oh what the fuck? And he starts talking about his daughter's personalities, and then at one point he actually refers to one of his daughters in the past tense. Yeah. He shows she was a girly girl. Because um, they're just sort of talking about family at this point, like the girls and so on. The detective's so just letting him talk. Like, yeah. he walked back in. He'll be room, like, oh, yeah, or whatever. And, and Chris, Chris is just like, bleh. Is just, yeah, word vomiting all these details about, like, how. I mean, there very well might have been parts where the detective was encouraging him, but for the most part, it seemed as if Chris was just going on and on and talking about the girls' personalities and, like, you know, X, Y, and Z. It was just, it's so off putting. This part was weird, too. The detective actually asked Chris what he thinks should happen to the person who took <laughs> his family. This part was funny in the sense, like, not funny haha, but funny, like, ooh, they got you with this question. Yeah, because usually they ask that type of question so the detectives can watch for certain behaviors. And Chris does not say, like, they should be put to death. I want to drag them, yeah. throw them off a cliff. If they were in front of me, I'd kill them myself. Like, none of that. He's like, well, I mean, I would, like, want them in jail. And the detective's like, "Mm mm-hmm. Life in jail? Life in prison? Well, yeah, like, maybe they're forever or something like that. And the detective's like, okay. Like, you can obviously see he's trying to, like, gauge his reaction to that Mm -hmm. question. Um, And the other telling point, which makes my skin crawl... Is that Chris keeps referring to the girls as these or those kids. Like, yeah. I would never hurt those kids. I would never take these kids. I would yeah. never do that to those kids. Like, not to my daughters or to Bella and Cece. It's just those kids. I would never hurt my kids. Right. Yeah. I've never hurt those kids. I'm not a parent, but I can't imagine having children and then not being absolutely enraged that something happened to them. And using distancing language when referring to them. Right. And very, that's very suspicious given that it's the day after everybody went missing. Like, bro, come on. He is suspicious. He is suspicious. So, the detective goes on to confront Chris about being unfaithful during his marriage because you guys, he had a fucking mistress. Mm -hmm. I find that not shocking at all. At this point, law enforcement was very aware that he was, in fact, having an affair. And we're going to get into the nitty-gritty details of that in the second part. Um, but right now... Part he found two girls that liked him. That is the shocking part. I'm stunned. He just... According to the one documentary that we watched, one of the several, they were like, he's he was such a charming guy. And I'm just like, is he? Like, is he actually, though? Because I feel like if I met him, even pre-murder, I would... I don't know. I always, he makes my skin feel crawly. I don't like it. I don't care for it. Maybe I just can't see it because we know what happened, and so we're looking at him as the like the monster that he is, not a human being, because he's not. He's a gross bad girl. Mm. <laughs> so gross. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Language. How dare you? Sorry, guys. Gonna have to throw an explicit oh, warning on this one. Oh shit! <laughs> I love it. You so, guys can't handle the G word. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show up to crime and spirits. It's gonna be our new motto. We're gonna put that on a T-shirt. Ooh, I'm All gonna right, make babe. a tote, tumbler, Coffee coasters. Say less. 
<laughs> All right. So, anyways, now that they're done making fun of me for the moment, I love uh, it. Texts were recovered by the FBI because he deleted everything in his phone, but the motherfucking <laughs> FBI is involved. No shit. So, I mean, come on, bro. You know when you delete stuff, it doesn't just go away. Here's the right? thing that gets me is that he's mentioned how he's watched movies, and that's his reference for all of the legal things. But you haven't watched a single movie where he hasn't the, seen Criminal Minds, though. He obviously <laughs> he would know that Penelope know could then. get right into his phone. God, <laughs> you're right. Zoom and then do the thing where you make it clear and then do it like four she'd times. She'd go click clack and it got all things. weird and dark webby and then she'd know everything there yes. was to know. Mm, yeah. I know how it the goes. The address in a moment off of That's one That's obviously exactly how it happened. So the detective tells them, tells them basically like, well, like we saw the text messages. We're aware that, you know, bad news bears. Not good. Being a bad man. Chris also, um, lost a lot of weight right before the affair started because when he met Shannon he was I wouldn't say that he was like super overweight but he no. was definitely not like the thin buff dude that he was he was when this softer was I'll say he had yeah. the same body shape but he was definitely softer when when from their marriage like their wedding yeah. videos and stuff he, he lost softer. a little bit of weight but he toned up a lot he built muscle all that Apparently kind of thing. Had a giant when you have a full pump bump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I leave the gym, and I've got a full pump. <laughs> um, so too much It's there. Basically, the detective is insinuating, like, "Look, like you started losing weight, working out. Now you've got this mistress lady friend. Like, what's going on?" And the detective straight up asks Chris, like, what he should do to make it look like he wasn't the one responsible for this. Like, the detective's like, everybody out there thinks that you're the one that did this. So what what can I tell them when I leave this room to convince them that you didn't? And he goes, you're going to have to trust me. No. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong answer. <laughs> Incorrect. There's four million other things you could say other than trust me. W- <laughs> wink, wink. Right. Even though I very clearly have cheated on my wife. Might as well have slid $20 across the table. <laughs> at that right. point, like, just trust just me. Just a little something for you. Just slide a little something to sweet his way. Mm. Uh, Chris goes on to say that he would never wish harm on another human being despite the detective never mentioning violence occurring so he goes off on this tangent how he would never hurt anybody but not one time throughout this entire interview has the detective actually said anything about shannon or the girls being physically harmed like he's just been asking vague questions about where they were so chris is the one who took it to that place right of like violence ensuing Uh, The detective tells him, quote, nothing you've told me tonight makes sense. Nothing you've told me tonight feels like the truth. Uh, The detective commits to Chris that they will not stop until they find who did this. And he tells him that everyone thinks he's the guy. Um, And this is basically a tactic to get Chris to panic before he comes back the next day because Chris agreed to take a polygraph test. Stupid, you're stupid. Always say no to a polygraph test. Always. I feel sweaty just thinking about it, and I can feel my heart rate rising <laughs> just thinking about being strapped on to one of those thingies that test yeah. your sweat, blood pressure. All the things. <gasps> you have to sit in a specific way. I'm already it. anxious. Don't make me more anxious. Right. But that's the whole point. And the fact that he agreed to it, I think, speaks to either his just severe lack of a plan and him just... He really thought he could pass it. He's like, I'll make a plan tomorrow. Or do you think it was his total confidence in the fact that he's like, they'll believe whatever I say, whatever I tell them is the truth type thing. Maybe he's just of the mindset that no matter, like, as long as he just stays true to what he says is the truth. They'll have to believe him. Yeah. Type thing. Or he knows that polygraphs are admissible in court and this is really nothing more, like... He did watch all those movies. He watched all and the movies. Shows. No criminal minds, though. He I think he known. might have thought he could pass Beat it. it. That's what I was thinking as they well. They always do. Literally, nobody ever passes one, I feel, if they're guilty. I've read right. a lot of things that say people think he's either a sociopath or a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But he's, if he's one of them, he's not very good at it. Like, even then, he's Aren't like, they supposed to be a little well, cooler under right? pressure? Right? Like, you're shaky and sweating, and you can't even... Fidgety and crazy. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist. I think it's possible to have sociopathic... I just want to talk shit about him. <laughs> I mean, I think it's possible to have sociopathic traits and tendencies and not... 
I think it's just like any other mental illness, disorder, classification, whatever, that it's not, there's not like a cookie cutter, this is what a sociopath is, this there's is what this is. There's shades of it. It's yeah. almost like a spectrum, like with everything else. Because the eye contact is very like sociopath. In that my was opinion. creepy, y'all. Like, when I, when I we like were it. watching the documentary, I was like, why is he staring at everybody? Like, he wants to take their skin off. Especially... It was gross. I think he thought it makes him look more truthful to keep like eye contact. Like, if I just blatantly well, yeah. stare at like you if like I keep eye contact with you, you obviously think I didn't do this because like guilty people have to look down and look away. Which is oh. true. Which is but true. But people like, don't just stare into your right. face directly. That's why staring contests are a thing. Yeah. But I think that, like, the detective utilized a technique called the pause technique. So in between these questions or... Not even the questions so much, but in between Chris's answers to the questions, the detective would just sit there in silence. With his his arms folded and reclined like he was relaxed. Like he was chilling. And he'd just wait. And And then Chris would just sit there and maintain the eye contact. And so, like, it was very... Or fill the silence. There was a lot of him just blabbering on about nonsense things. And I was like, stop. Which, like, I'm like... I mean, I get like that when I'm very anxious also. But, like, I'm just a... I'm an anxious person. And can't handle being in awkward situations. So I feel like if I was getting questioned for something, I would definitely also behave that way. But I would be innocent because I'm too selfish to go to jail. But and also they would have everybody to be like, oh, that's how she always talks. Like, <laughs> that's her all the time. Like she does listen, not. listen to one of her episodes. <laughs> abnormal for you, but right. like even Chris's neighbor was like, I barely, like, I just live next to him. I don't live in the same house. But, yeah. like, this is weird for him to be, like, fidgety and, like, fist pumping and, like, on his phone and, like, pacing and, like, all just the weird shit he was being, doing. like, chatty. Yeah. Weird. Mm. Super Suspicious. weird. So that's where we're going to uh, wrap up part one, guys. So next week we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the case. So much nitty and gritty. We're going to start with dissecting the video footage of Chris taking the polygraph and then go from there. So as is tradition, we'd like to thank you guys so much for joining us for yet another episode of Crime and Spirits. We appreciate you. Hell yeah, we do. Uh, we're available on most places where podcasts are available now. Apple and Google, Anchor, Spotify being the the biggest contenders there. Please rate and review us. It would really help us get found easier. And it always helps to know who's listening. And we'd really love to hear your feedback. So come suggest a case or a cocktail or an ingredient. Or just say, hey, either one. I mean, because I will find a case to research based on a drink. I will do it again and again, and I don't care. Give me something good, guys. Every time. Sometimes we get stuck. We have the month of August planned out, but we want to do some fun, cool things for fall, because that's our favorite time of year, and it's spooky season. So if you guys have any suggestions, please, please, please send them our way. Hit us up. Uh, as you guys know, we are on social media. Every Friday we post our shopping list. And then on Sundays we post the episodes complete with um, the recipe for the week. And if you guys make the drink, tag us and let us know. Or you have a glass of water or coffee or a beer. or It's true. Nothing. And you're just listening. Tag us in that too. Absolutely. Show me your Spotify. That's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. That's fine. So our Instagram and Facebook is at Crime and Spirits Pod. Twitter is Crime Spirits Pod. And thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya.